Welcome to Two Girls Talking Trash, a food waste podcast with Hope and Kat. Hello, and welcome to Two Girls Talking Trash. We're a food waste podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Hope. And welcome to this episode. We're super excited to have you guys here. Um, Today, we're really going to be talking about different countries and cultures and how they manage and deal with food waste, because it looks differently across the globe. And we think it's super interesting why certain countries waste more than others. And we're here to talk about it today. I'm I'm so excited. Actually, you guys know that I'm so excited. So excited. I just, um, this episode really, I got really jazzed about it moving from generational, like having conversations with my family. And then now I have boom next episode. I've got this amazing opportunity to dig deeper into my own culture. Whoa. That's so great. So you focused on, you're focusing on your own culture today. That's wonderful. I am. That's exciting. Well, I didn't. I looked to the internet for research um, on diff- on how the world uh, looks at food waste. And what I found was really exciting to me, um, not necessarily getting into culturally specific like differences, but more on like the countries and why there are different types of waste in each country or er- in generalized countries like developing and undeveloped because of different reasons. And I thought it was super fascinating Um, to think about what the reasons are in developed countries comparatively to ones that are more developing. And so the study that I looked at was by the Food and and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, or FAO, and was conducted in 2012. And they studied the differences in food waste among high to medium income countries and low versus low income countries and found that while all countries waste food, roughly half, excuse me, roughly a third of what food is produced globally, so 1.3 billion tons is what's wasted each year. B, billion, B, it's a lot of food. Mm -hmm. Uh, Impacts the environment, those greenhouse gases, it's it's insane. Uh, But the waste occurs at very different parts of the supply chain and the supply process depending on if you're in a medium to high income country versus a lower income country. And when looking at the medium and high income countries, food is wasted at a great extent and often thrown away, even if it's perfectly suitable for human consumption. Whereas looking in low income countries, the food waste is mainly lost due to early and middle stages of the food supply chain and much less is wasted at the consumer level. So for example, in Europe, in North America, consumers, so like individuals waste 210 to 250 pounds of food per year. Yet in Southeast Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa, consumers waste significantly less, 13 to 24 pounds of food per year. Wow. There's a stark difference between how much is wasted and how much is not. And I think it ties back into our awareness and the impacts of food waste um, that can definitely contributes and the abundance that we see in our country in higher and middle, higher and mid income countries. However, not always a consumer issue, even in the high and medium income countries, because significant lo- food is lost at earlier stages in the food supply chain. 
And this happens because of consumer behavior, as well as a lack of coordination between all the different players in the supply chain. And so there's like farmer and buyer sales agreements that may contribute to quantities of farm crops being wasted because there's certain quality standards, which items might be rejected because they're not in perfect shape or appearance. And then in conjunction, the expectation for a large quantity of food to be on display in supermarkets contributes to the farmers or producers overproducing the amount of food that they think might be needed because if they didn't get the yield that they expect or it's a bad crop that they need to have enough to send to their buyer. And if they didn't, then they might lose that buyer relationship. So from like a business and financial standpoint, I can see that, but then it does contribute to waste because if you're always overproducing, then what are you gonna do with that third of the field that has a crop that has nowhere to go? Another uh, reason for that is code dates. Um, so we, you see code dates on all of your food and it indicates when the food is most fresh with the exception of baby products, that mm -hmm. is a true expiration, but generally code dates are all around the freshness. And so, you know, when we purchase food, if we're not planning, we might have insufficient purchasing, insufficient planning around that. And then the food expires before or quote unquote expires before we use it. And then I think that's just, again, lack of awareness or education around what codates are. So it leads us to throw away food more than we would if we knew that eggs, for example, are actually good for five weeks past their code date. Five weeks. That's a long time. If you Keep threw it away, eggs. right? Keep those eggs um, and many other products that are very good beyond their expiration. And then lastly, for high and mid income countries, the abundance of food. And so our attitudes around, well, food is always there. I can always count on the grocery store to have the products that I want. And marketing ploys by companies to entice us to either buy more or buy two, get one free, right? Like that deal is great financially, but if we don't really need three, why are we always buying three? And I get myself caught up in this too. When I see sales, I'm like, yeah, that's the one I want but I maybe don't need it, um, but it definitely works, right? These marketing companies, they know how to get us to buy products, even if we don't need it. So it's very interesting that most of our waste in high and mid, high and medium income countries comes relatively around consumer expectations and consumer purchasing, as well as the supply chain, but is informed by consumers demand. And so then when we look, or when they looked at developing countries and sometimes even developed countries, so th these are, can be in both, but really mainly the reasons for loss in developing countries is due to premature harvesting. So poorer farmers sometimes harvest their crops too early due to food deficiency or desperate need for cash during the second half of the agricultural season. And so the food loss, the food, incurs a loss in nutritional and economic value. And then it may not get wasted because if you pulled it too early, folks may not eat it because it's not ripe enough or it's not fresh in the way that you expect that product to be. Then there can, there's a lack of processing facilities. So that causes high food losses in the developing countries, uh, mainly the situations, the food processing industry doesn't have the capacity to process and preserve farm fresh produce to be able to meet the demand. And part of that problem stems from the seasonality of production and the cost of, pro 
um, investing in a processing facility that's not going to be used year round. So if you're only processing summer crops and have this facility that you pay for 12 months of the year, the financial gains wouldn't be enough to keep it open. So then that would lead to the farmers not having anywhere to send it. And the other one that they mentioned was inadequate market systems cause high food losses in developing countries. And uh, to minimize those losses, the commodities produced by farmers need to reach the consumers in an efficient way. And so there were there are not enough wholesale and supermarket retail facilities that are suitable to store or sell these products um, to keep them in, in good condition to actually be sold. Um, and they're often too small or overcrowded and unsanitary and don't lack the proper cooling equipment to keep things fresh. So really a lot of it comes down to is there's not enough outlets for food and then, or it's being harvested too early because the cash needed in the farming community is greater than their need to have a product come to perfect picking time, you know? And so it's really so much less at the consumer level because there are so many supply chain issues in developing countries because there's less access to getting the food to people because of these barriers and poverty and limited household income make it really unacceptable to waste food. So that's why it's much less at the consumer level. Um, because when you have such limited resources, you're going to use everything you can have. And in addition, uh, developing countries generally buy smaller quantities of food products at one time, just enough maybe for that day or two days. Whereas in developed countries, we might buy for a week, a month, you go to Costco, you buy for six months, you know, like we buy at such different rates than in communities where it's differently accessed. So I thought this was really interesting to show those differences between developing and, and developed countries on how food waste happens everywhere and how it can be stopped in, in every way, right? So I think that's something that they talked about in this article I didn't get into here, but they provided solutions for each of these issues on how food waste can be reduced in developed and developing nations. So I encourage you to check it out. We'll post this article on the website in our summary notes for this episode. God, this is fascinating. Like, you know that there's differences uh, culturally and the impacts that the, con- the country you live in really have on everything that you do, but it's crazy to like see it all lined up like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually also really interesting because like you're like what why you would prevent food waste just could be so different um in each of these countries like you know um it's really a first world world problem to be thinking about food waste as an environmental issue versus mm-hmm. like just like trying to prevent uh the waste of food because um you need food and you have limited access to it mm-hmm. um so i dove a little bit deeper as i mentioned at the start of the episode into my own culture which is russian um to learn more about like what's going on and my motherland <laughs> and uh what is their focus on food uh, food waste. And I will say that it is very limited. Um, it turns out that, uh, they're actually in the process of trying to pass their first food waste prevention bill. Um, it was it brought up in July of 2020 and it's actually a like food waste prevention f- feeding into animal feed and like pet food bill. 
and there's some challenges around um, consistency and like if they think people actually use the food um, to actually do it, like it only really works for pig farmers. And so interested to see if it actually goes through and um, they'd make some sort of step to preventing food waste. But all in all, they have as a country as a whole, they haven't really taken a stance on food waste, uh, which was kind of sad to think, but also not that surprising, um, just based on my own family. Um, like I said, in the last episode, my great grandparents who were uh, straight out of Russia, uh, didn't really waste anything. Like they are a country that's built on hard winters. And if you grow something, then you preserve it and you eat it later. So I want to, yeah, like I said, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. So there was these two economics professors in Moscow did a, um, a food waste and loss, um, study. And they interviewed Moscow residents, uh, aged 21 to 72, um, from all backgrounds. So employed temporarily unemployed students, um, people that were retired and, um, people that were just housemakers or homemakers. And they found some really interesting things. So the hot, the top point, I just want to put out there. The first thing they found was that 12% of the people that they talk to dispose of their dairy products uh, every seven days or more often because they're under the impression that that is its shelf life and then it needs to be disposed of. Something that was also really surprising was that the same is not true for bread. So um, talking about cultural um, impacts on food waste, um, it is uh, with all of the older Russians that they spoke to, um, it was seen as a sin to throw away bread um, because it was seen as the body of life um, and um, in their religion. So I thought that was really interesting. Like that's definitely not something you hear about a lot in America. Like um, people... (laughs) give bread to birds. And I, you know, just go to the park. I don't think that most people are thinking of it in the same uh, way, religiously having an impact. They also found some of the same things that we were seeing uh, last week when we talked about young people. Um, They have the, um, they've been moving uh, into new houses. They uh, are moving into cities outside of leaving rural areas. So um, some some people that moved from rural areas or young people that moved from rural areas to the city found that they were no longer able to like give their food scraps to pigs and dogs. And it took them a while to adjust and they weren't sure, like they, then they felt bad about wasting the food. And then ultimately it just became common practice for them. And so then some of the other ways that they were like not wasting food, um, really came from, uh, different reasons than we're used to, um, they're, they're not wasting food because they're coming from a scarcity, a guilt and trauma background. So, uh, they're really working off of like the last few generations all have had major issues, um, world war two, post world wars, um, the 1990s, the cold war, they're all kind of dealing with some sort of trauma around scarcity and they want to make sure that they don't run into that problem again. Um, And also they found that a lot more people were connected to the food and its process. So like when you were going to throw away something, they felt more connected to the person that made it and all of the time and money that went into getting the product. Um, So they were less likely to throw it away that way. Someone was a male student was quoted as saying, no matter who purchased the food, 
Um, I, if I have to throw it out, I still feel very sorry for the effort that was put in to produce the food and the money I spent buying it. And I think that that's just like not something that most of us think about when we go to throw away something or compost it. So yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting to me. And then, um, also a woman ran a language school. Uh, she talked about how back in Soviet times, they taught them that, uh, bread was really the staple of food. And um, it go- so much goes into growing it. And she still feels like that strongly about all food in general. So um, really just like everything that they've been through, like those are the reasons they're not wasting food. And it really has nothing to do with like environmental impact or like trying to change, change the world. So yeah, it made me feel really interested and connected to my country that they're like trying, but not really, you know? Like I'm not, they're not actively out there uh, talking or trying to pass bills specifically around food waste, but they are just aware of its impact um, more on the people level. And so, yeah, it was just really interesting because it's just not, it's not the same here. I mean, it probably is in some, in some spaces and especially probably in specific communities, but it's, I would say the greater, the greater conversation is around greenhouse gases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's change the world. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's just embedded in the culture, in the Russian culture, that food is people, food is time, people, or food is money and food for like nourishment. And so it'd be really curious to know the number of like the pounds of food that's wasted in Russia each year and like compare that right per capita um, of what that looks like. Because if it's so embedded in their culture, I bet you, it, I would think it's much less than countries like ours that are so unaware of what food waste does and the impacts, um, not only on our environment, but your wallet and all of the pieces that it took to make that product. So it's not just food, but it's water, transportation, labor, all of these pieces that are just, un- we're, we're less aware. We're less aware. I will say that in 2017, it was 17 million tons of food wasted. 17 million. So it's still a lot. That is a lot of food. Still a lot. Yeah. It'd be interesting to compare that to households. Like, and it's okay if we don't have the data, but you know, like per household versus per during the supply chain or other areas. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll add it to our show notes. Yes. Yes. That's a great idea. That's really interesting. I feel like that ties so much into not only the generational conversation we had last week about the differences because of our upbringing and then culturally how that impacts where, where we think, what we think about food waste, you know, to think a young male student is saying something like it hurts me to throw away. Like, I don't know if we would get that same comment from a young male student in, in the U S not saying everyone is just chucking food out, but Uh it's just a different feeling around food. And a total change of gears. I'm here. I'm here to share my recipe. Yeah. Recipe time. So, um, very exciting. Uh, so I, I realized last week that my first recipe was while very good, um, very tasty and, um, a really easy, in my opinion, an easy way to, um, use an item that like most people don't use or use in a different way, uh, with the jalapeno seeds. Um, but I did also realize that it can be a little bit, um, intimidating to go through all of those steps to make 
uh, chicken tender or uh, whatever else you want to bread and fry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went easy this week um, to show that stopping food waste can be very simple. Um, I was at the farmer's market and my favorite uh, f- um, apple vendor, which I will figure out what the name is. And I will again, put it in the show notes because shout out to them. I love their cider. Um, they have this really cool, um, I'm going to show Kat a picture and I will also make sure that it's on our social media. They have this really cool bin for ugly apples. You can't see the sign, whatever it says, hey. ugly lady apples, um, $5 a bag. So, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, food waste in action or prevention of food waste in action. So, um, I got a bag, uh, which was six apples and I was like, oh, what can I do with this? And so, um, I got some pastry dough or paste puff dough. I got some puff dough. Uh, you can obviously make your own puff dough if you feel so inclined, but even as a, um, person that was classically trained, trained in, um, baking and pastry, I would never, uh, (laughs) make my own puff dough unless I had a sheeter and a very cold room. Uh, so I bought some puff dough. I had some orange marmalade still, um, in our, in our cupboard. And then, um, I had butter and sugar. So I made a ugly lady or lady apple tart. So, um, I just like, uh, unfolded the apple, uh, or the puff dough. Um, most people like cut their, uh, tarts into circles, but I didn't want to waste the puff dough. Um, so I just left it in a square and made like smaller rectangles, uh, brushed it in orange marmalade, uh, sliced my apples thin. Um, you don't have to, uh, hot tip, uh, from me. If you slice your apples thin enough, you do not need to, uh, core them. You can just pop out the seeds. Uh, they'll just kind of fall out if you slice them thin enough. Um, so very little waste there. Um, and then you, uh, you lay them on their sides, uh, kind of like fanning across the, um, marmalade topped pastry, and then you brush it in butter, bake it for like 25 minutes, pull it out, brush it again in butter, sprinkle sugar on top, um, and then bake it for like 12 to 15 more minutes. So you get that caramelized delicious sugar. But yeah, super easy, like a great way to prevent the waste of technically ugly apples. And, um, you could easily do this with other fruits or other jams. Like you could do a a cherry jam and apples. You could do a cherry pear. You could throw some, um, if you wanted to make it kind of sweet and savory, you could throw some like blue cheese on there or brie. Um, really the world's your oyster. Like I really like to keep puff dough in the freezer. Cause there's so much you could do with it. Like at the, Oh my gosh, somebody just showed up and they like, again, pre and post pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, somebody just showed up at my door and you want to come in. All right. Like, let me pop these puff dough, uh, tarts in the oven and we're going to have mm-hmm. dessert. Yeah. Uh, there will be a picture, uh, on our, our social media and our website. And I hope that you guys try it with your local, ugly produce and then let us know how it works for you. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Um, I definitely want to go try it. I wish I had apples right now or fruit in general. I take it. I have oranges. I don't think they would bake super well in that capacity. I think it'd be a little wet. You can make your own marmalade. There you go. That's what I'll do. But I was curious for, for two, two questions. So the apples, what were, what was ugly about them? Like what did you notice? Were they like, did they have some bruises? Were they you know, some holes or were they small? What was up with the ugly 
the ugliness. Yeah. So definitely like differences in sizing. Like you can even, you'll see in my pictures, like some of the apples are um, shorter than others, which is fine because you just layer them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there were definitely some like ground spots and some bruising, um, but nothing that would make them unsafe or, and nothing that would make them unedible. So Mm -hmm ask you to explore your, even your grocery store. Like sometimes your grocery store has like a beat up fruit section or beat up produce section in general or beat up items. Like if you can get a discount for something that is just as good as the thing that's on the shelf, get it, man. Or if you bought apples at your home, like you bought them fresh, they're quote unquote perfect apples. And then you forgot about them. This is a great way to use, I would imagine the oh, left, yeah. leftover apples or something that's maybe turned or you dropped an apple that came out of your grocery bag and now has a big bruise on it. You don't want to bite into that. Still a way to use the apples. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any produce you're like, it's about to go like slap it on some paper, some puff dough and bake it up, man. Yum. And that's a quick and easy dessert. And people will make you'll, people will think, you took hours, tell them that you made the puff dough, There you go. you know, and they'll be like, wow, the lamination, everyone by now has seen British Bake Off. So they'll know mm-hmm. that, you know, that takes a lot of time. Yes. Um, that sounds delicious. If only we could be together and I could eat that with you right now. One day. Yes. You'll show up at my house and I'll be like, ah, well, it's okay. Cause yeah. I got this delicious meal. I'll bring you my wonky apples. There you go. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you learned some great tips on desserts and cultural differences in food waste. Maybe yeah. you'll explore your own family. There you go. Dig deep in your own family and start planning some vacations to see what's up with food waste across the world. Exactly. The, uh, catch us on our social medias, Two Girls Talking Trash with the number two. And on, that's on Instagram and Twitter is two girls talking TR also with the number two. And then you can catch us on our website at two girls talking trash, where we'll post all of the information about today's episode, recipe, show notes, links, you name it. It'll be there. And if not ask us and we'll get it there. Everyone have a great week. Mm-hmm.